0: Sound effects in this podcast is brought to you by Festlian Studios, Battlebars.com, and Pro Sound, and some of them are made by the Dungeon Master himself. This show is R-rated, so everybody be advised. Hello nerds and geeks, welcome back to Nordic D&D, the Ariana Saga. This is episode 13. My name is John, and I am your host and narrator in this podcast. We are still continuing Hunter's flashback about what what happened in past events. How did Hunter, Kedal and Hadurai meet up? We found out that last time. And now we're going to enter the king's court. We know for a fact that the king and the heroes became enemies at one point. We don't know how, we don't know why, but we are going to find out. Before we get to that, let's have a stop at Camp Lore. And father, you said that the Mountain King lives on the first mountain. What is that? Well, the Mountain King Island is the first creation of Bushka. As she molded the earth, there's a rocky piece of land, and the island is so much covered in stone that there is only a few kilometers from the seashore to the inland that is covered in grass to harvest food on for the farmers. And if you come farther inland, the normal stones turn pitch black and are called Celestial Rock. Celestial Rock is only found on Mountain King Island. It is a rare ore and is heavier than gold and strong as steel. There is nowhere else in all of Ariana an element or ore like the Celestial Rock. And the entire mountain center is made of it. When you walk up the mountain, you see some few straws of green grass growing between the rocks, but it's not much, you barely see it. If it was not from the green color shining among the black and the rocky ground, another beautiful sight seen in the Mountain King Island, is you see a lot of flying creatures sitting high on the mountain, and some are flying around. They are hippogriffs. Their white feathers almost make them look like angels flying around the mountain. It is such a beautiful sight. I hope you will get to see it one day, boy. It sounds beautiful, Grandfather. It is. But there's more. On the top of the mountain rests a large white dragon. Turned into a salt pillar of stone, looking like a crown of the mountain. You remember it? What was it called? Um, it was given by Vermont to the Mountain King. Nakturin, good boy. Good. Yes, you're growing in knowledge. This was Camp Lore. Now we're going to continue with the main event. But before that, let's have an announcement from BattleBards.com. If you like cool sound effects like this. your homepage at potbean.nordicdnd.com Click on battlebars.com and let them know Nordic d sent you. You gotta love those sound effects, guys. Anyway, now it's time to continue Hunter's flashback. As you remember, he's sitting there in bliss talking to Tarogrim, telling him stories about the animosity between them and the kings. But he hasn't reached the point where. Last time he told him how Hunter and Hadarai and Kadal met and he talked to them about an issue that he got when fighting with Richard von Nash. They have now reached the king's court and they're about to meet the king and debrief what happened with the mission with the bear pilps the all bear, and Richard von Nash, the bear. They are sitting in the king's court. As Torbjörn, one of the king's advisors, Noticed Hunter coming in. He mocked him, calling him a clown. And right after that, the king noticed Victor was among them. He said like this:
1: "And the biggest one of you has not returned. Where's Victor? And who is this you bring with you?" Hadari responded,
0: "We do not where. Victor is great king. He left without a word."
2: So he's not dead. Not to our knowledge. And Vash turned his head to Kedal. And before Haderai or I were to introduce him, he introduced himself.
0: I am Kedal, King Vash, and these men of yours aided me. They freed me from capture. A group of bandits, they caught me, and all of a sudden, your men, they they came by, rescued me, got me out
2: of the cage. Then I intervened. Kedal is quite capable himself. He has an amazing skill of fighting himself. We just balance the scale to a faster win. Kedal whispers in my ear. Why are you lying? I responded. Just go with it, Kedal. Uh, I want you to continue to be here. The king's advisor intervened. So he's a pitiful damsel in distress? There was laughter in the court. (laughs) (laughs) Kedal whispered to me again. Is that why? Yes. Yes, it is. He's mean.
3: Yep, Hades
2: gods. Hey, what are your ladies whispering about? Said Torbjörn. Nothing. Enough! Yelled King Vash. Did you do the job I asked? I stepped forward. Yes, we did indeed, my king. And more than that, and I threw the furs and heads on the ground. Hunter, here's Richard's head. I kept his head for last. Excellent! You were wrong, he said, looking at Torbjorn. He did not like that, but I enjoyed it really much, looking him deep in the eyes with the biggest smirk smile ever.
1: Well, off to the next order of business. This is Eva Fendahl.
2: And the female who was standing right in front of Vash took off her helmet and started talking.
3: Right, we ought to go to a cave. We are in search of a wizard called Victor Rit. All right, as I know him. He went into a cave that has been lost for centuries and is believed to be Arachne's cave. Now, chances are that it is not in fact that the cave we hope it is, since the existence of Arachne or his cave may not exist. It will be an amazing find if it is. The cave is said to be rich in gold. Hey clown, the gold is not
0: for you or your men. It is to be given to the king and the empire. Remember that.
2: Said Torbjörn interrupting King Vash added. Don't worry men, you will get paid as
1: well. And more than that, please continue, Eva.
3: As I was saying before I was rudely interrupted, the cave is said to have gold, that is to go to King Vash. But all books, scrolls, documents, or paper rolls of any kind is to be delivered to me.
2: G'dal put his hand up.
3: Yes, guys, staring inappropriately at me.
2: Um, Yes, may I ask, um,
0: who is Arachne?
3: Arachne, or the White Horror as he is known also, is one of the first monstrosities, were the first evils on Ariana, no one knows who created them or how. Some believe Grimna, the god of death was the one, but this is before the Necrovilra battle of the Arcanian war, and Grimna created the necromancy and the dark age occurred. So it's unlikely, they are not documented anywhere like most things from the O era and the first era. The things that were passed down verbally are now written, but that is only a small amount. So where they came, it is like among the creation of all things, they just were. No one knows how, where or when they came. Now most of it is story, and skeptics don't believe that they ever existed. But I can't believe that. Some of them we know have existed. We have found evidence of Medusa's maze on the islands of God. And the Hydra Pits of the Endless Heads. And I know most don't believe Medusa to be one of the first monstrosities, but no one knows where she came from either.
2: How many are there of these monstrosities? I asked her.
3: The most famous are Hydra, the Death of Endless Heads, Karakin, the Terror of the Seas, Dragoul, the Golden Dragon, Senyon Jentao, the Naga Sea Serpent, And Medusa the queen and first of the naga. And Arachne, the white horror, the topic of this meeting. If the find is real and this is Arachne's cave, it will be a find no one will ever forget.
2: Okay, Uh, but what if it is Arachne's cave? Are we expecting to find him in there?
3: No, Hunter. If this really is his cave, we will find his bones. Like I said, it was a long, long time ago.
0: Do the tails say anything how he looks? Hatterai asked.
3: In fact, we have a painting. Hope you're not afraid of spiders.
2: And she pulled the cover of a painting standing next to her. The painting showed a massive white spider with bright red eyes. It was horrifying.
3: Finding the exoskeleton of this thing proving its existence will open an entirely new view of history, and proving that they in fact did exist will give us more understanding of the most unknown eras of history.
1: Thank you, Eva, King Vash said. You will leave in the morning, and since you were one week to shorter, do you want this new friend of yours, Keel, to join your quest? Hadderai responded.
0: Yes, he seems more than able, and we need all the help we can get.
1: Agreed. But you will not go alone. Ewa will join you in this mission. And a small caravan of soldiers will join you. And you'll get horses and wagons and rations for the trip. And when you come to the cave, the soldiers will wait outside. and You will enter the cave with Ewa. Find and kill anything living in the cave. Clearing it out.
2: Fingers off the gold, gentlemen. Torpion interrupted again. King Vas just looked at him and continued.
1: After you have cleared out the cave and given all scrolls to Ava, the soldiers will enter after and empty the cave for gold to bring it back here. And one thing to add, it is very important that you get Ava back safe and sound. Her skills are precious to the Empire.
2: What is our pay for this? I asked. The King's advisor intervened. You see, Rash, I told you. They're greedy. They'll take the gold.
0: Your earning is 10% and not a dime or gold more. But you'll earn something else, more valuable. A seat at this king's court. It's more than I would ever recommend anyone. But Vash insists. He feels your skills will be valuable to the empire. I
1: disagree.
2: Is there a possibility to get more than the 10%? So it seems like Ever put this like being defined of a century, I asked. What?! Top yells and started to whisper in the king's ear angrily. You this great At that point I started to regret asking for more. The hustler from the street was hard to shake off me. I'm in I'm Stupid to risk this chance for more gold. The king listens for a while to a- his advisor and waves him. Off. The
1: ten percent is final! But
2: think of the worth of the sit here in the court and the future
1: income it will grant you.
2: I quickly responded. Indeed you are right, king. And Hatterai added. We accept, great king. Kedar seemed to agree as well.
1: What about Benno?
2: Yes, after we had accepted and we were told to enjoy the day, uh, because uh, we were to meet the next dawn to go on this quest. Then I remembered Benno and addressed the king. Uh, before we leave King Vast, there is someone you should meet. His name is Benno Sherman. And he was led down to us. And I started to tell about all the things that had happened before and showed the letters written by uh, the general. And, uh, and the court was in shock of this. And then Torbjörn said... Who is this man? He was, he was a soldier who found out about what had happened and the general's involvement. He had had his tongue cut out and was beaten to the inch of his life and kept in prison so the general was able to continue his sadistic torture on him. But we saved him and got him to you safely so he can testify. You to testify without a tongue? <laughs> you are an idiot. Torbrand asked. He's still able to write, uh, something the general did not think of either. Then I added in a low tone so no one heard. Dumbass.
1: Thank you, Hunter. We will deal with this matter."
2: King Vaz replied and ordered the capture of General Leonard Breeden, and told us to leave and rest.
1: You will be off at first light.
2: We went to different places around Angel Bliss and agreed to meet up later. I had a magic store in mind and came to a man named Listed Lukin. I had heard that he had something I had had my eye on for some time now. But I was disappointed when I arrived. I forgotten how expensive it was. But I put on some of that hunter charm and reminded him that I was a famous entertainer with the Traveling Carnival and that I now worked directly for King Vash himself. It was quite nice to befriend someone like me. Uh, he looked a bit suspicious at me. Oh, really?
0: Hmm. Curious. I heard rumors this morning that the king is planning an exposition. you are who you say you are, where is he going?
2: Hmm. And I replied, We are going to Arachne's cave. He looked surprised. Alright, how do you know that? Did someone tell you? Yes, the king himself start to get excited. Ah, okay, okay, okay. You know what? I will make a deal with you. I will give you the item
0: you want, and I will give it to you in a once in a lifetime price, I promise you. But you have to give me any magic item you find in that cave, okay? And put a good word in for my shop to the king? Huh? What do you say to that?
2: Do I tickle your fancy? Agreed. Well then, here you go. One bag of holding and we shook hands on the matter. I went out with the biggest smile on my face. Damn, you are a good hunter, I said to myself.
1: Did you lie to that man? Was it a
2: scam? Well, no, not at all. I totally intended to keep my part of the deal.
1: Intended?
2: Yeah, well, I'll get to that. As I was saying, we went to different places to spend the night before the quest. Kidal was to meet someone. and look at the city and I cannot remember what Hatter I did. Something monkish, I suppose. Anyway, we all met up late in the castle and went to sleep. The next morning, when we came down to the castle courtyard, Ava uh, and the king's advisor Torbjörn were waiting for us with a lot of horses, wagons and soldiers. All was ready and we were the last to come. I mounted my horse and I still had arrived, but did not see Kedar at first. After a few seconds I saw him talking to Ava, who looked like she was a bit frustrated and Torbjörn was yelling something about stopping do something and that she was property of the king and haderai and i looked at one another and started laughing among ourselves it was clear kiddo was not so used to royal social situations but he did not seem to mind the rejection he just sat up on his horse smiling ava sure is pretty he said and started riding off "Um, well he's not wrong i said to Hadarai, and followed him and we were to find that cave The ride right there was the smoothest I've ever tried. We had the best bred horses and high quality wagons and the fact that we were escorted by 30 of the kings knights and foot soldiers meant that there was not a single interruption on the way there. It took us about 4 days to get there. Among the men in front of the party, you heard shouting. We, we have arrived! We raced up front and we saw a large cave and another cave inside it. The first opening we entered was large and the lighting was good cracks and opening from the ceiling, so that there were trees and plant life inside. But the further we went inside, the dimmer it became. We heard a yell from the scouts further in the cave. We found an entrance! Ava told our escort to set camp, and waved her hand at us, to suggest us to follow her to the entrance. When we arrived, the scout had placed torches along the path leading in there. The entrance had a statue of a large spider's head on top of it, and there were six large spider legs reaching out of the wall, ten feet long like standing on the ground. Cadillus asked... Is that him? And touched the stone.
3: No, was looks like a tribute to him by someone who believed at one point he lived there. Fascinating.
2: I took an arrow out of my quiver, and took a closer look at some spider webs that was hanging around spider webs are real and so are they and I pointed further ahead into the entrance where we were, skeleton remains wrapped in webs. Eva ran up to me.
3: Damn it Vitha, you would think after seeing an entrance like this he would send for aid and more men before entering.
2: Hatterai came up to us and said, Your friend is dead, so are his men. And started entering the cave. I followed him and Kidal came as well. And as he passed Ava, he stared into her eyes with a large smile the entire time as he was walking by her. After walking some sixty feet from the entrance, we came to a narrow corridor tilting downwards about forty feet, and came to an opening. When we entered there, we came to a larger place. It was getting harder for the humans to see. Ava and Gedal had no light-up torches, but for the elf, had and myself a thiefling. Sight was not an issue. When we got a little further in, Kedal asked us to become quiet.
0: Shh. Can you hear that?
2: There was scratching on the walls. Eva took out her great sword and I had an arrow ready. We proceeded carefully. And it seemed the scratching suddenly stopped. And so did we when we noticed, Kedal said. Something is looking at us. Eva looks around.
3: What do you see, Kedal?
2: He answered. It's just a feeling took my arrow, stuck it in Kettle's torch, and shot it up in the air. <coughs> the arrow got stuck in the cave wall above us, and it was filled with a swarm of spiders. As soon as the arrow hit the wall, they came raining down on us. Now, just to clarify, I say small, but they were the size of my head. Why did you call them small? Because, compared to what came later, they were small. Anyway, they were raining down on us, so we were fighting them off, and as they were screeching around the ground about to attack, one of us started screaming, not a typical war cry, more like, you disgusting beast don't touch me kind of scream. I would like to say it was Ava screaming, but that would be a lie. Damn spiders. Anywhere we were shooting, hitting and slashing them, but they kept on coming, and then I had enough and started burning them with fire. That worked excellent. After a long fight, it seems it was over, they were no longer to be seen and the sound of scratching and screeching stopped.
3: Are you alright?
2: Eva asked. We were fine and kept going. We then came to a more narrow path leading further down. There were webs all around us and corpses and skeletons hanging in it now and then. When we reached the end of the corridor we came to a room. There was a lot of slime bubbles hanging around the chamber and clusters. Kedal said right away. Whatever you do, don't touch them. I had at the time my hand almost touching some, but no one saw that, so I retracted my hand and responded in an agreeing manner. No, don't touch them. Eva then asked.
3: Kedal, what are they?
2: They are hundreds and hundreds of spider eggs. Even the big ones? Asked Kedal, right? Yep.
3: All right, fellas. Any ideas?
2: Ava replied. We were all standing still, thinking for a few seconds, and I replied, Fire worked really good before. Hatterai was quick to respond.
0: I know what you're thinking, Hunter, save your strength. I feel that this is the only beginning of what is to come. I have oil.
2: Give me a few seconds. And he started pouring oil all over the clusters of eggs, jumping back and from, flipping as to not touch the eggs. Uh, He went all around the room, stopping right in front of me, standing in the lead and pushed me and the others back softly out of the room, took one of my arrows, lit it on a fire, and gave it to me. I knew what that meant. And I shot it into the room. The fire lit up instantly. The screaming and screeching of burning spiders rose, and the sound of panic movement, filled through the other room. They went on like that for some minutes, and some of them tried to escape our way, but they were cut down as they came out. Then there was silence. We gave it a minute, and then we moved on. When we came into the room, there was some gold lying around. I was about to pick it up when Ava said,
3: Hunter, leave it. We will send the men waiting outside to collect when we're done.
2: I gave her a look with my eyes half-closed and replied, Sure. And retracted my hand once again. I thought to myself, damn, this is hard." Think of the big picture, Hunter, the big picture, I said in an inner voice. After walking further, we came to another narrow corridor leading down in a spiral. In the corner of that spiral was a little cliff. Hatterai was leading the way and noticed a cocoon on top of it, and I was quick to say, let's burn it! Wait! said Ava.
3: I see an arm. It's a person. I need to see if it's the wizard, if it's right.
2: (sighs) He's dead, Ava, said Hatterai.
3: It doesn't matter. Remember the deal. If he has any documents or scrolls, I need them.
2: She took a dagger and opened the cocoon. The body was so decomposed you were not you were not able to identify who it was. She searched for him for a while and took out a paper roll and opened it. I read it and closed it up again. Kidal asked. What does it say? She answered in a harsh tone.
3: It's none of your concern.
2: And walked by us
3: let's keep going
2: she said walking away i got a strange feeling about the situation when kidal came up to me i whispered in his ear something is not right nope something's off he clapped me on the shoulder and said we will figure it out for now let's just lay low come on just let's proceed when we reached the bottom of the spiral stone corridor there was a drop about 10 feet to the next corridor Luckily, it was a bit wider here, so it was easy to walk around. This corridor had two doors in the middle of it, and at the other end was a dead end. What now, Eva? Hadarai asked.
3: Your guess is as good as mine, Hadri.
2: She said while she was looking back and forth between the doors. Kadala asked. Have you tried to open it? And took the handle and turned it and opened it. See? It's open. We were all holding our breath when he turned the handle, but luckily nothing happened.
3: Thank you, Kettle. Next time, wait a minute, so we can be more careful.
2: Eva said to Kedal. Me and Hatterai was already looking into the room from the doorpost. There was not much in it. It was about 40 or 50 feet long, and there was a, a ledge. And there was a handle sticking out of the floor at the end of it. And some light was coming in from somewhere higher off, further away from the ledge. We dis- described the room to the others. Kedal stuck his head between us and said, Ah, yes, I see the handle. I think I will pull it. And just walked into the room for the handle. As soon as he entered the room, something fell from the ceiling. It was hard to see in the beginning, but it but it engulfed him like a gelatin monster. It fell from a square hole in the top of the room, and right on top of Out. He was now struggling to get out of his gelatinous cubish thing. I tried to grab him to pull him on, out. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And he got him, but I was able to get him out. I started shooting at it with my arrows and Ava cutting it with her sword and also summoned a spiritual sword because she was attacking from two sides, yelling to try again to get him out. He was uh, taking some damage in there that was clear to see. Haderai took another go at him and got him, pulling with all his strength. This time he was able to get him out. Haderai then dragged him out of the room and Ava followed to heal him. And Just as I was to join them I felt a burning sensation and I was sucked into the cube as well. While I was inside the pain was quite bad. I couldn't hear anything, I just saw people running around and the others p- fighting it. Tried to get out, but I wasn't able to. Someone tried to pull me out without luck. The, the pain got really, really bad. Gave it another try and it took all I had, stretching every muscle to pull me forward. I don't know if someone struck it right then, but suddenly its hold on me became a little looser, so I was able to pull myself forward. And I felt the sweetest relief when my arm felt the air from the outside, pulled myself out and fell to the ground. Ava came running over to me, laying her hands on me, healing me with her magic. While the other was still fighting me, my sight was cloudy from the ooze. I wiped it from my eyes, took an arrow and shot it. It pops and turned into water, filling the floor and running over the ledge. I got the final shot. We all sat there and decided to rest for a bit. I stared at Ava and asked her, What are you looking for in here, Ava?
3: You know what the mission is, Santa."
2: There's something you're not telling us.
3: There's a lot you don't know.
2: Like what? Kidal joined the conversation.
3: Do you really think the king will tell you all he has going on?
2: Ava replied. That is not what we're talking about, Ava, and you know it, I said to her. What do you mean? She asked. What did that letter say, Kedal asked her.
3: You wouldn't understand.
2: She replied. Understand what, Ava? I asked her and Kedal said. Well, to try us. She waited a few breaths.
3: <laughs> Fine. We're looking for a book called The Nocturnal Cree.
2: What is this book? Hatterite joined the conversation, asking.
3: The Nocturnal Cree is said to be written down in the dead language of Dark Primordial and holds secrets of the god of death, Rimna himself. It was written down by one of Grimna's highest necromancers for unknown reasons. It holds the key to decipher the language Dark Primordial. Are we risking our lives for a book
2: so you can learn a new language? Kedal interrupted her.
3: No, you are doing this for gold and for the King's favor. Listen, I have not lied to you about our mission here, I just have not told you all the details. The importance of this cave is indescribable. This is Arachne's cave. If we find him, it is of great importance of history. And someone once found an old paper saying that nocturnal is he. I want that book.
2: A book? Could not help myself from asking her again. I knew it had some importance for her, but it was fun to annoy her. She replied.
3: Just concentrate on the gold you are motivated by, and let me, the scholar, have my own motivation.
2: She became silent a bit, calming herself down.
3: Trust me, this cave and whatever we find inside here is important to history. But what is in that book will help us all if Grimna ever tries to return.
0: Why did you not just
2: share this with us? To
3: prevent the book of getting in the wrong hands, the fewer that know, the better.
2: Well, now we know, I said out loud, scratching my head. It all seems stupid to me, but my as I said I'm doing the job. So I'm gonna get that seat with the king.
1: Can I ask you something? Sure. I understand her. Her motivation, I mean. She'll be much appreciated by scholars all over if she finds what she's looking for. But what did she mean by it, that the book would help if Grimna should return?
2: Uh, Yeah. I will tell you more when I get to that. I see.
1: Please continue.
2: Well, after the talk and the rest, Gidal came over asking quietly. What do you think? I answered. She seems forthright. But we three and I pointed over to Hatterai, will look out for one another. I walked over to the ledge to take a look. The light came from another ledge about sixty feet higher up. I looked at the lever in the floor and pulled it. I heard some gears turning and a wooden lift coming down to us. It was old and fragile. I said Well, I think it will be best if one of us stays down here by the lever. Hatterai stayed, and we got the lift one by one, easily so not to overload the lift. But it was fine, stronger than it looked. It was good oak. Pull it, Ava told Hatterai. And we lifted up higher to that other ledge. As we were getting closer, it seemed like the climate changed. It became more moist and hotter. When we reached the top, it looked like a jungle with thick grass and plant life. Before Kittle was able to step on the ledge, I took his arm. He nodded. He knew what I meant. I took out an arrow and shot it in a random place to see if there was any movement. And there was. As soon as the arrow hit something, we saw the plants moving in that direction. Nope! I said out loud, stand back! And I put my hands on top of one another and lifted them apart slightly. Then came a fire orb between them. I rotated my lower hand to make the fire bigger, with the other hand I threw a fireball right where the movement was. It exploded on an impact and hit everything on fire. It was again screeching but much louder than before. It did not take long for all the grass and plants to burn away. When it was gone you were able to see two large green spiders with yellow stripes on their back and patches of slime on them looked like the slime had prevented some of the damage by the fire, because they were not dead. Kedal walked by me and said, I got this, and walked against them. Ava asked me,
3: What is he doing?
2: Let's see, I responded. Kedal held both of his hands up, chanting some words, like speaking to the spiders, and it looked like the evil look of them became softer and softer. Then the spiders just stood still, and Kedal turned around. I think he's controlled them somehow now. I remember thinking, okay, that's just great. I just wasted a fireball. And I got off the lift to join out." Eva asked Gidal,
3: Do you see anything?
2: Yeah,
0: there, there's something over there. And then there's this guy.
2: And he pointed to a corpse on the ground burnt to a crisp. Eva looked at me and said,
3: Damn it, Arthur.
2: Whoops. I responded. She took out a dagger and tried to get the melted leather coat off him. Luckily, he was not burned all the way through, so his belongings under his coat were semi-okay. She found another letter, only burned on the edges. She emptied her lungs in relief.
3: <sighs> Please, Hunter, easy on the fire.
2: I nodded with a smile and asked her, What does it say, Eva? Well? She looked at it strangely and answered me,
3: It's not like the other one.
2: And she showed me. It had four symbols on it in different colors. A black symbol, and behind it written in common was the word shadow. Another was yellow and said fire. Then blue, ice, was written there, and the last green with the words poison. Kedar was standing in the other corner of the room and asked what the symbols looked like. Do
0: they look like
2: this? And he pointed to a stone that had eight sides on it. It was green in color and had the same symbols as on the paper. They were placed on it between empty spots separating the symbols, who had a lighter green color. It's not heavy to lift, but it took both my arms to lift it, and it forced it in my bag of holding, and Ava looked surprised at me.
3: What did you do with it? Where did it go?
2: She asked me. I put it in my bag.
3: In your bag? How did it fit in your bag?
2: It's a magic bag. It's like it's bottomless.
3: Please tell me you can retrieve it if we need it.
2: Of course! And I grabbed it so she was able to see the top of it.
3: Whoa. Now that is a nice trick, Kanta. That is really handy,
2: said Ava, giving me half a smile. Kedal was quick to point out that there was a dead end here. We can't go any further, so we went back. Hatterai pulled the lever so we were able to return to where he was. so we went back out to the hall with the dead end and another door right in front of us. Eva looked closely at the door and gave us the go-ahead to open it. Kedal did the honors. It was pitch black in the room. I cannot see a thing. Let me try, I said, knowing that I see better than the humans. In the dark, since I'm a thiefling. Now, this is surprising. What? What do you see? Kedal asked me. Nothing, I said. Absolutely nothing. I can't see past this darkness at all. Hathorite looked inside and agreed. This darkness is magical. And took a loose stone from the ground and threw it in, to see if there was any reaction. And as soon as the stone hit something, we heard movement. But we were not able to see where the rock landed or anything in the room. I took an arrow and lit it on fire and shot it inside. But as soon as the arrow passed the door frame, it turned black and was not seen anymore. But we heard it hitting the stone wall inside. What do we do? I asked Eva. There was no response. Eva? I turned it around and she was not there. Where is she? I took a step back and saw her standing at the dead end, investigating something. Eva! I called for her. She was crying, but then said,
3: There's a door here.
2: And she pushed something, and the stone wall at the dead end opened up. Behind it was a large chamber. It was massive. There were piles of gold. All around the room, mixed with web. The room itself was amazing to look at. It had four massive pillars reaching high to the rocky roof. There was a door on the west and east side of the room, but there was another door right in front of us. It was also massive in size and robust. The same symbols we saw earlier were on the ground. The same color pattern. Green, black, yellow and blue. Ava, I called for her. Did the king want us to kill anything we were Able to find here? She did not respond. She was breathtaking by the room. I grabbed her arm. Ava!
3: What? Yeah, I mean, yes, everything. This is amazing.
2: Gedal came over to me and said, Give her a minute. I remember frowning at the way she was behaving and returned back to the door with the darkness inside. I took a bear trap I had with me and set it right outside the door. I walked by her and said, If anything comes out, we'll hear it and went back into the big chamber. Eva was investigating the big door when I returned to her.
3: Hunter, can you give me the green stone without?
2: I took it out of my bag and gave it to her. It was heavier than she expected. She took a close look at it, turning it around until she found a matching symbol as it was written in green on the floor. She also noticed that the eight-sided stone had a hole in it, on two of its sides going straight through it.
3: Interesting. She said. And there's the symbol, like the one on the floor.
2: Then she set the stone down, simple to simple, and there was a click.
3: I think that's it.
2: We need the other stones. Then we heard the bear trap going off. And there again was a loud screeching, putting on the chain of the trap. Guys, get out, called out. Come, check this out. And I ran over there. The darkness of the room now filled out to the hall like fog leaving the room and the thing in the trap was not there, until so we noticed the pulling of the trap again.
0: It's still stuck in the trap, but it seems
2: to be invisible. I got this, Hatterai called out, jumping out at it, flipping over it and attacking it, when he started punching the air. It lost invisibility. its invisibility. It was also a spider the same size as the green ones before, but black with red stripes. It shot a web at Hatteras, so he became stuck to the wall. We all went after it, touching the thing until it was down. In this case it was easy because it was stuck in my trap. When the spider died, some of its magical darkness disappeared. It seemed like the spider was the source of it. But further inside the room, there was more of it. I was looking inside, and then the darkness came moving at me at high speed. And before I was able to talk or move, another spider came flying through the air, jumping right at me. The weight of the thing knocked me against the wall oh. and had me pinned. It, it sunk its fangs in me and, and hurt a bit and then it turned invisible. The others didn't notice what had happened and Haderai came over where I was and I was standing up against the wall with both arms on oh. my side, yelling and Hatterai asked, What's going on Hunter? Then he saw the puncture wounds in my chest and shouted, There's another over here! And as he punched the thing it reappeared. And darkness came spraying out of it. But Hatterai seemed to hit it because he knocked it off me, and I was able to move. I found my way over to Hatterai, we turned our backs to one another and asked if I was okay. I'm fine. Do you see it? No, I can't see shit, he answered. Then he came again, jumping at us, but this time it was not able to pin either of us. Now we knew where I was and starting attacker. Uh, Hatterai got a really good hit on it, so it was unable to move. We finished it off quickly and ripped it to shreds. When it was dead, the darkness vanished from the room. Hatterai and I were on our knees after the fight. We were a bit hurt. We were standing close together in the darkness that was left. We knew there were more spiders, and then the darkness just vanished, and we saw the rest of the room. Eva and Gedal had killed the last one of those shadow spiders. Ava came over. Are you okay? I said, I've, I've had better days. She put her hands on me and healed me. Ah, that's a great trick, I said to her, and got back on my feet. Hatterai was already gone. There was also gold lying around here, I noticed, looking around. Hatterai gave a shout. I found another stone like the other one. This one's black. We all went over there. This one was like the others, but black and the symbol was red. Ava looked at the paper we found earlier. Beside one of the symbols that was on the stone was the word shadow. Eva asked me if the stone can fit in my bag as well. I nodded. And we took it and went back to the large chamber.
0: And this concludes this week's episode, guys. What will the heroes find when they finally enter the chamber of Arachne's cave? Well, you just have to wait the next week to find that out, guys. Anyways. Be sure to check out our Nerd Hangout YouTube show as well, where you can find this podcast and all kinds of nerdish stuff. Thanks for the day, guys. Goodbye.
1: Thanks for stopping by.